How about that Danganronpa? How about that Danganronpa? We... It's just it's just happening all the time. Even when Danganronpa isn't happening, it's happening. You know why? They're, they're putting fucking the Count of Monte Cristo in goddamn Melty Blood. I'm so glad yeah. that I screwed up and I'd watch two episodes in one sitting. Because can you imagine we do an episode and they release fucking Komaeda for Smash? Like, immediately after we... That would be... Kobayeda <laughs> for Smash is... Like, that's that's Jennifer's specific pipe dream. But for now, it's it's the Count of Monte Cristo, which is, like, the one fake Go character drawn by the, like, Danganronpa person. Yeah, I, I feel like the world heard my wishes, but, like, put it a little twist on it by yeah. just being like, Hey, you know how the Danganronpa artist usually draws a specific type of guy? This this one time he drew a character very much like Komaeda, and we're putting him in a fighting game. Yeah. The fucked up thing is that he looks fun as hell. Yeah, like, like say what he, you will about Monte Cristo, but he makes a good sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> much like the sandwich that is Ultimate Despair Reprise, a a ah God. Hey, you want me to crack at it? <laughs> no, no, I never. Because every time, one at, one at a time, one episode at a time. No, not even. What episode? Okay, <laughs> welcome to welcome to Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast, going through the entire Danganronpa series one murder at a time. I am the ultimate host who does it amazing, awesome job every single time. Kyrie Page. I'm the ultimate fangirl who doesn't have much of a reason to be super fanish this episode. Uh, Jennifer Uncle. I'm also the ultimate host who does things awesomely and amazingly every yeah, time. I'm going to snipe. I'm going to snipe you. I will. You're going to have to hit me first. You're going to have to hit me. You got to get me in the scope first, and I'm too fast. I'm just I'm scoobling around. You can't get me. <laughs> yes, scoobling and doobling. Uh, speaking of doobling, we are in a double dose of despair. Uh, cause, uh, we, we kind of goofed up a little, but that's okay. So the homework, and we'll post about it on the Twitter before you listen to this, but if you haven't, we are covering episodes, I believe it was seven and eight of Future in Despair Side, I believe? Yes. The reason being, um, that I yes. accidentally skipped an episode. <laughs> yeah, like, we I... sat down to... Full disclosure, about a couple days ago, we sat down to record, and you were like, oh, hell of an episode that we watched, and you posted a picture of Komaeda with a gun. I was like, I, I just had to ask, Jackie, which episodes did you watch? 
Uh, because the episodes that we watch doesn't have Komaeda with a gun. And that's when looks the like realization the wrong, dawned. Looks like you got the, a batch of, dif- of dysfunctional episodes. You better take them back to the manufacturer. Yeah, get a re- get a refund. Well, don't get a refund. You just need the ones beforehand. It's like you buy like you know volumes four and five when you needed three, you know, two and three, but you yeah. still hold on to four and five. I will say, so Komeda this- with the Glizzy is extremely funny. Like extremely God bless funny, extremely funny. Um, Komeda and Fortnite would be um, quite something. Yeah, the thing is, they can't add Komei to Fortnite. Like, they can't add Komei to Fortnite because he'd win every game. You almost called it. You almost called him Komei to Fortnite. <laughs> I. You know what? Listen, he is. He is the. Um. He's the brother of Naruto Fortnite, so it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um. Nothing yeah. illegal about it. Nothing at all. I feel like that's already a good episode title suggestion. <laughs> Nothing illegal about it. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're but... going with that. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Um, but first, uh, it's very funny that you ended up skipping episode seven of, uh, you know, Future in Despair because episode seven is—it's just called Ultra Despair Girls. Yeah, it's it was, about it the was girls. About the game I liked. It was about the game I liked. And yeah, the game that I'm going to really, be honest. Really enjoyed. I'd be honest. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the worst episode of the show so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Great we'll game. elaborate. Not very good episode. <laughs> was but, it like the pacing? Was it the characterization? Like, uh, it was what? the what whole was everything. It was like, what if Dagon, the guys who directed that episode, were just like, what if instead of doing things good, we just did everything bad? What if we took <laughs> everything that was good about the Spare Girls and just like squandered it? Because nobody played the game anyway. Like. I did. I did quite like uh, Toko's little vision this time with Minimaru. <laughs> I liked Minimaru. Everything else about that vision made me want to leave the room. It was just Biakia is the worst character in Danganronpa, and I think that vision was why because, the, like Toko and Komaru have a good thing going. They have a really compelling dynamic. They're very charming together. If it was just them and Byakuya wasn't getting brought up every five minutes, it would be very watchable. You could build an episode on that. Um, when I, Byakuya it, gets, it definitely... comes into the picture and he is not believably anyone's friend and he's not believably acting in anyone's interest, he's just kind of a dickhead, you know, that Toko fawns over for an inexplicable reason, which Danganronpa seems to kind of just, like, do... Um, I mean, I think, like, like from the first game, I thought the implication was that Genocider Show wants to murder Byakuya after fucking him. So, yes, but, like, she does that because she has, like, she's smitten with him, you know? Like, right. he, he's an attractive pretty boy, so, like, she puts up with being called trash and vermin, etc., etc., and fantasizes about that. That in character, I guess you can execute fine if you make it unobtrusive and like. That's the thing, though, is that like Danganronpa as a series really wants to hammer in the point that Toko and Genocide or Show really want to jump Yakia's bones, and he's also a dickhead, and everybody and everybody likes him despite the fact that he fucking hates everyone and acts like they're burdens, and when they basically do his entire job for him. So 
when they do that, when they bring that up at the expense of everything else, it loses me because that is not compelling to me. To me, at yeah. least, that's not compelling. I think I think the problem is that like like literally any good feeling I have about Byakuya is just because I like Akira Ishida's performance, which I did note that um during episode seven, like in the dream, he's basically doing his like Katsura voice from Gintama, like the more like absurdist um yeah, you know, affectation that he applies to that particular character. Yeah, and I do love the bit immediately after where it cuts to real Byakuya just looking disgusted, being like, someone disgusting is just fantasizing about me right now. What the fuck? I mean, but that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's it, like his only characterization. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's his only... Which is he's, like, I... I he's entirely like, auxiliary to the, to the events of the show. Like, you could cut every Byakuya scene out so far, and it would not change anything. Like, the version of Byakuya in my head that I like is mostly, like, it's ostensible, it's a complete fabrication, right? It's, like, this idea of he is this detached financier in, like, to the operation of, like, this, like, the Future Foundation. Like, that's kind of there in the text, but the problem is, like, we're running quickly into the problem of this anime where... I feel that it is incredibly ambitious to have like two concurrent seasons. Um, but there's still such a there's a compressed time scale in play, and also you can only backwalk the characterization of Byakya and these other characters from the games so much because yeah. oh, this episode of Ultra like Ultra Despair Girls walks back some stuff. Yeah. This episode like, I, I feel like what, Jen had a point. I just feel like I feel like from the moment they show you the Warriors of Hope pretty much being alive and well after everything that happened, there, I, I feel like someone talked to Kadaka and was like, like what you did with those kids was kind of fucked up. You need to kind of backtrack a bit, and so now they're pretty much all alive and well and they, rooting for the Despair Girls to win. They should no that that's how it left off at the end of the game. Like I that's totally fine. They hmm. they yeah they were totally fine when at the end. Of, if anything, the problem was that they it was that like they walked back the um the denoma of the game where like Monica was soundly defeated and you know or, well she still lived but she was like kind of off maybe living in a van by the river effectively right and yeah the warriors of hope but like, now and the city was recovering and then they're like wait no we need to bring her back because this is this is the super smash brothers of danganronpa everyone is here and it <laughs> makes no uh -huh. it makes no sense like what because she shows up just to leave it's insane they wasted yeah. like half the yeah. episode they played her up and then she, they, we find out that like again i this is this was a cool concept that she's just like a neat who is burnt out on this whole despair bullshit and it's just like Fuck it. I don't care anymore. That's cool. That's fine. Why did mm -hmm, we spend but... 10 episodes? Uh, not 10 episodes. Why did we spend 10 minutes of the episode, though? Like, getting to this point? When we've already right. gotten to this point years ago. When they are storming the castle, it, it like, the entire city is now looks like Batman Arkham City, complete with, like, the... Um, the neon sign in the Fritz spelling out Monica in big bold letters. Like it just feels like we just stepped into an open world Batman game. <laughs> I will say uh, Monica advertising her secret hideout with big neon letters. It's incredibly funny. That actually does. Rock. It's, a, it's really a pretty cool, funny gag. Really cool concept. 
zero execution. Like, would have been way better if, like, they did not already wrap this thread, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they walk it back just to get back to where it was already. Like, I and maybe that's because, like, they're they're playing their... The way they're playing their cards of Monika is controlling the, um, you know, like, the... the, the the robot version of the of that wheelchair like ultimate right and it's like cool it's just it, it, you could have just have them like dealing with like a different threat but i don't know it's you're right you could still it, it have is... monica like fucking around as like oh yeah I'm, i was interested in seeing what like what was gonna go on so like i made a robot gecko gahara and i just sent her in for, for like for like giggles like that would be, like, a fine red herring, and it also works, like, plot-wise to tell us that, like, she is not behind the killing game. I I think that's, yeah. like, which is an interesting, like, thing to reveal. It's just, like, they don't need to go with the theatrics of her, like, be, the, again, they spent the first ten, ten minutes of the episode uh, building her up, and then instead of, like doing anything that logically follows or like thematically follows they just kind of pop that they just kind of deflate that tire with a with a big old metal pin and have her like be like oh yeah i'm a neat now and it's like the why did you like pick a fight in the first place Mm-hmm. like jen what do you think yeah i i more or less agree with that stuff and the whole action bit they tack on like in the second half where Kamaru basically has to pull Toko off the um off the container rocketing into space that it it was a weird scene. I mean yeah, it's kind of it I guess like if I if I'm being generous, it's one of those things where you know, she's trying to like, you know, pull her you know, pull her back down to earth because she doesn't want to lose Toko or whatever. And it is kind of neat that despite the like kind of poor animation like she does do a kind of cool thing where she manipulates the remaining monokuma bots to like flip out a massive um like tarp to catch them like more of that would have been kind of cool like you have a like maybe there's like a bunch of monokuma bots still roaming around the city that they're doing cleanup for and a lot more creative use of like the stuff that you couldn't do in the game except in cutscene. Well, now you're doing it in animation, so get, you know, show some like, more creative... Yeah, yeah, so do some like really creative like cool stuff, because like, yeah. I I guess. I think my beef with it was... But it, it, was but it was egregious. There was really no reason to have basically most of this episode felt like filler. Like, not characters... Also... Oh, god. It wasn't like... Big character. There were no character moments. There was well, there were very few character moments. There was not a lot going on. There are a lot of cool concepts that were played with, but like there was no meat connecting them, so it was kind of a nothing burger. Sorry, Jen. I also think it's a bit of a baffling choice for Kamaru to just straight up tell her brother, "Oh, by the way, someone's gonna die in here because of you." <laughs> it's like like. Why I'm, communicate that to him when you're trying to basically pep him up so he survives this fucking thing? Yeah, it's not even, like, a cryptic message. Like, 
it'd be one thing if it was like Monaka is like here here's this thing I know you're gonna talk to your brother so or, or why not just have Monaka like deliver that message and like one last like fuck you to like Makoto I mean or something I think her burning out and becoming like a spiteful neat forum jackass is like she doesn't have I think like part of that is her washing her hands of this whole thing but I think like instead of having her be like petty in that way she should have just told like Komaru like okay here's here's a message to your brother bye and then Komaru is like okay Makoto you gotta like figure shit out because they're gonna kill you or they're gonna kill somebody you know and it's like okay I don't know it's yeah all all told it's like I I think it's like I I thought the episode was okay just a, like as a thing to watch but then you know realizing it's like oh it's not really advancing the plot all that much forward it's rolling stuff back yeah and it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily always a bad thing if something's not advancing the plot it just sure. needs to like it needs to do a bit more than yeah, this. it was pretty lackluster i and i think the thing is is that like there were a lot it was lackluster and i think the thing that kind of ticked me off is that there was like stuff where they kind of lampshaded that the sequence was that that like a lot of the episode was pointless and i think writing something that sucks and then going ha this sucks wasted your time idiot is like actually worse than just writing something that sucks you know like trying to lampshade it and be like clever about it is just it's it's annoying it's like it's like just because you acknowledge that there's like you know like a dookie on the floor doesn't make it yeah like 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 oh who left this here there's still poop on the floor yeah i mean high on life uh on game pass tomorrow oh my god Oh fuck. fuck yes! I am so excited to stream High on Life. Do not I'm get so excited on... for my favorite game, Do Rick I... and Morty Simulator 2022. Don't get on Justin Roiland's wild ride, please. It's <laughs> God. He is on the he is on the verge of learning a third voice. We cannot keep funding him. If he finds a third voice, society will crumble. <laughs> That's the plot that da- our Danganronpa 4 is preventing Justin Roiland from getting a third voice. Oh god, it's just bad, is the thing. I, like, I think the thing is... It's like, nobody would begrudge you for being unable to write it. Being like, funny. But like... You gotta do that and also make your game ugly as sin? Like, come on. <laughs> god. This is like... High on Life is a game that, like, you would see a parody trailer of, like, ten years ago. Yeah, it feels like a trailer that... It's like, haha, nobody's excited for this. Play our Call of Duty instead, you know, like... Right, or, or, like, you're watching some movie and they're, like, parodying, like, hyper-violence in, like, uh, in something and they show this trailer this kid is playing high on life of like the smart ass gun yeah. right like here's your gun that tells like, you to all, kill people it just <laughs> you know it's like oh wow that's because like doesn't uh, there are also games like wasn't there like literally a penny arcade joke that they did like 10 like 15 years ago even where it's like you know i hope you felt good about doing all those murders you monster and it's like okay yeah 
That was the perfect amount of time to do that joke. It it wasn't. It still wasn't funny, but it was still was like the perfect amount of time to entertain that concept. I I I wouldn't be shocked if on one of the like in one of the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness games, like there's a joke like that. Like odd. Yeah. Oh, high on life. Oh, high on life. What are we gonna do with? Hopefully, it's low on scores. (laughs) (laughs) Even Destructoid gave it like a five. Wow. (laughs) They like everything. Man, them's the breaks, huh? Speak. Maybe hire writers next time. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) Speaking of writing, I don't know. We're we're gonna pivot. Uh, the despair side in uh, conjunction with Ultra Despair Girls was it was uh what's the title? Did I say the future side was the worst episode so far? Uh you did say that the future side was the worst episode so far. Uh you are Okay, I lied. This one is the worst episode so far. The one entitled The Biggest Most Atrocious Incident in Hope's Peak High School's History. The biggest most atrocious th- incident in Hope's Peak High history was the release of this episode, I believe. Wow. Okay. Well, nothing worked. Nothing worked. Huh? I have never seen I've never seen an episode try so hard to achieve nothing. So this this we did see Komaeda's butt cheeks though, which was pretty funny. <laughs> That's that you see that is like the genital secret wallpaper, you know. <laughs> that whole thing yeah. where like you could tell in Ultra Despair Girls they were somewhat reacting to, okay, this Komaeda character is super popular. We're going to have him say a bunch of shit. This one, they just straight up show him naked at one point. It's like, okay. <laughs> Man's butt cheeks are just out. <laughs> yeah, he's got the booty ass butt cheeks out. Everyone is so mean to me, he says. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Like, he's just. Uh, because, like. Yeah, because they need to reintroduce him to the plot uh, somehow. So the writers at this point decide when you have a character who is infinitely lucky, you could just make them show up. And it's like, oh, just make the plane. Yeah. Just make the plane they're on crash in the middle of an oasis. It rocks. It rocks. It is It is extremely silly. I do see. I think Danganronpa is at its best when it is like silly and irreverent. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because it. Because, like, it has this problem of, like, not having some... It doesn't have very deep roots, mm-hmm. but it do, but, but when it is able to punch up, like, when it is able to be, like, you know, snappy and, like, do a few jokes that aren't about, like, you know, putting a banana in a donut and going, these two characters are missing having sex! You know, it's, like, it's actually pretty funny. Like, Komaeda's getting... Surviving a fucking plane crash is like yeah, kinda, that's pretty all right. It kind of rocks, like yeah, and like even Junko is like way more charming when she's just being a little silly with it. Like when they're not trying to frame her as Dejoka, she's like you know out here kind of having a blast, and it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, except there wasn't a lot of that, and they definitely pivoted hard into like Junko is they call her the Joker and Oshima. You know, just and in a, ah, in a, it did not work. In a scene that like I, I understand why it's there, like in the in the uh episode, but like this is like Jed, you've been foretelling 
like, oh yeah, this is the part where the the anime sucks for a while, huh? Yeah, it's like especially with the actual um, atrocious incident that occurs. It's a situation where um, I always feel like when you actually have Kadaka there to be like, okay, let's just show the fucking thing happening. Um, it just falls apart. It it's very insistent on like making the despair side of the show as grisly and unrepentant as possible with a with like a children's anthem being sung in the background as people are like gouging each other's eyes out and stabbing through one another and all that it and does it, it does all that and it does it poorly mm-hmm. which is like in a in a vacuum I think the scene is, like, I can understand how the writers, directors, like, get there. Of, like, no, we need to actually show off, you know, how fucking, like, like, because, like, in the silliness of this series, maybe at some point, like, someone had this pang in the back of their mind of, like, no, we need to show that this is, like, kind of a fucked up thing to have happen in a story. But, like, your audience is watching Danganronpa 3. Like, they, you can assume they're already kind of bought in, and I like the idea of Subasa Wokudasai, like, being sung as these, like, high schoolers murder each other, but the problem is the scene takes up so much space in the episode. Into what? To sell, like, Mukuro, not to sell Mukuro, to sell, um, Kamakura. It's a sell it. Yeah. yeah, on the ideology. It's to sell that this was, like, a really bad thing that happened. But also and... to sell Kamakura on, like, Junko trying to say, no, this is why Despair is, like, cool and awesome. Which, like, I admit, I like the moment where the where the kid, like, does something that he can't, like, account for or predict. Like, that's cool. You don't need a ten minute scene that takes up so much time in your limited anime run to do that scene. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, they had already sold the scene as fucked up in the very first game. Like, when you unlock that uh, specific floor in Hope's Peak and you just go to a classroom filled with the blood stains and scratches everywhere. That's, like, my biggest issue with the despair side. They take all of the bits that were, like, imp- implicit or explained in a more interesting way and they just come up with the most boring explanations for it all. Yeah, one of the most important rules of effective horror is that your mind will come up with scarier shit than anything you can show on screen. So when they go through intense, like, when they go through such incredible labors to, like, show all these kids, like, killing each other, it's not, it, it is nowhere near as evocative as seeing the aftermath in the first game. Yeah, because in the aftermath of the first game, it's like, there's sword marks everywhere, there's blood everywhere, and it's like... Your mind does. It's melodramatic. Yeah, but it's not. You know, it, it's it's melodramatic, but you don't just see the melodrama of it. Like it's there is like there isn't. It doesn't belabor itself. You know. Mm-hmm. And then you get the scene in the anime, and it's like, oh, let's spend fifteen minutes showing these characters with the limited skills that we possess killing each other horribly, and like. Honest, that is something incredibly difficult to commit to, and if you don't nail it, like the de- this the depiction of everything happening the way it does, um, 
you are going to make something that scans as funnier versus something that scans as like fucked up which is and this it was just funny like i'm sorry this is an incredibly funny scene it's so funny like, when the kid becomes the chainsaw like, man <laughs> it is really funny when that i mean granted it was probably it was almost definitely intentional that the kid drops the chainsaw and decapitates himself with the own cha- with his own chainsaw and like that was a good that's a good visual gag but like it contrasts with like the two the two students who like love each other getting stabbed in the back and like you know that how egregious that was and like how they were trying to make it like oh isn't this fucked up isn't this fucked up she's begging for her life is she's is this is she's getting murdered and it's like that's it's just lame like this does not i don't feel anything for these characters and i know that you know that i don't feel anything for these characters so like why are you showing me this like i don't I, care you could have saved so much time and effort of you just gesture at the idea of like junko being like hey kamakura check this shit out and you open the door and you see the aftermath right yeah you could literally cut right to the part where that kid has the chainsaw and the gun and not miss a beat she just opens the door and is like hey we took care of this hey we took we set something up for you watch this shit and then like oh cool that's great and he goes in to observe. He sees the bodies for himself. Not that he's horrified or anything. He sees it. And then the you know the one the survivor tries to attack him. Like literally, you could just go straight to the part where like the like of the two survivors they try to attack him. He takes him out, and then the kid with the gun shoots at him, and he didn't account for that. And that's Junko demonstrating her ideology. You could do that scene in two yeah. minutes. Literally two minute scene, way better than what we would have gotten. I think, like, I think again, like, Danganronpa has this problem where it tries too hard. And this was Danganronpa trying its hardest. And, like, like, sorry, this is not, this is not the way to be cool. This is not how you, this is not how you do it. Right. And this fucked the pacing of the episode, too. Oh, yeah. Because prior to that, prior to that sequence, the pacing was glacial. Nothing was happening. Yeah, it was mostly the characters, like, talking about, like, how um, Mitarai and uh, Sumiki are just, like, it's like, oh, where the fuck are they, right? It's catching the characters, it's the characters catching us up to speed, and, like, with shit that we already know. There was no point to it. You could have just, like, cut to them just calling for their names, you know, because we already know they're missing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and something that we're going to get into a little bit later with the next Despair episode is that, uh, like, Mitsurai shows Junko um, how the how the magic happens and is like oh yeah i just instead of making people feel something through my art like legitimately i just use all these silly mass hypnosis brainwashing techniques and of course he's like oh that's interesting oh that's i can't wait to use that for evil (laughs) (laughs) also that was this episode that was this episode that wasn't next episode no next episode is where mitarai finds out what is happening because uh oh oh where he think where mitarai the funniest guy in the world just thinks like huh no way that like my brainwashing ultimate ability can't be used for evil 
Whoa, whoa. Oh, no. Junko? What? What? This has you... consequences? I'm experiencing. Man. Yeah, man. Oh, fuck. I need This to... sewing shit rocks, but God, do I hate reaping. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The, like, but I think the reveal that, like, I think the thing is, is that, like, you know where this is going with this episode. Uh-huh. When they tell you, like, oh, yeah, Ryota uses, um, like, he uses subtle, like, manipulation effects, like, you know, you know. Uh, subliminal messaging and specific control of tone to like emotionally manipulate people so he's not actually a good writer or anything he just makes pretty he's an ai art guy effectively yeah um (laughs) and i think that is a bad statement on art Uh but it's also a bad statement on like it's just it's also like like this is a like at this point you have essentially written a net negative for your series as a whole because instead of like because despair as an ideology is already a really weak concept uh-huh. um but instead of, instead of using like the fact that you know Junko is a charming person we've seen that like we've mm-hmm. seen that Junko has access to things that maybe she shouldn't we've seen that she is clever we've seen that. She could reasonably, without this plot development, are, manipulate people who are petty, who are self-interested, who are um, backed into a corner, identify that, manipulate them into her uh, into doing things that get her what she wants, and that would be an organic way to have the story happen. Right. Except yeah. that's not what happens. She finds cool magic brainwashing powers, and then she just hits the jackpot. It's like having, it's like having Batman have all those cool gadgets and shit, and explaining you know all that setup. And then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, he doesn't use any of that. He has just super strength, and <laughs> he can fly. Right, and he doesn't need the Batmobile. He just, you know, if that just all sits in the cave. He just has that for swag. He can just run at ninety miles an hour. Like why not? Like. I, I, uh, Jen, you, you seem to have wanted to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it, through both the endings of Rapa 1 and 2, you watch her over a trial, like, turn the class's uh, interests against them and, like, get under their skin so they do what she wants them She They do what she wants them to. Like, uh, that's... So it's building up this idea of, okay, like, she is good at poking people's pressure points and getting them to act in horrifying ways. But, uh, like, as Jackie says, they just toss all of that out here and be like, oh, surprise, she has a trump card up her sleeve. Brainwashing. So here's the thing. One, Jen, make sure you jiggle your mouse occasionally, I guess. To... Does that stop Does that the AFK? It? I think it should, yeah. I think that stops AFK. Okay. Um. So... So, Did you know you could set Discord's AFK timer to 60 seconds as a joke? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So the thing, uh, you know, you bring up the AI, like AI art stuff is like, that's like an interesting point of comparison because I think about like how you could have Mitarai still just be a decent and good animator and Junko very cynically maybe looks at his abilities and just like, thinks that she can make a method similar to his, right? Like, I mean, that's, like, at least something where she's, like, using, like, like, manip- like in- then she manipulates Mitarai to, like, do the things that she wants him to do. But that's, like, we're- Oh, actually, now that I think about it, 
uh-huh. she would ab- like it would absolutely be super compelling if she instead did something like manipulate Mirai into being the basis of like AI generated media. Yeah, <laughs> that- being like, oh yeah, you know, I have- I, I got I- a way that we can make your work ex- you know accessible to the masses, and then like is just like okay, cool. You have now programmed a robot that allows me to do anything I want. Exactly. And it's just like, oh, it, it, you really do get the cool, like, you get this, like, cool moment where, like, you know, Juko, like, I, I really like that scene where Juko is explaining her plan. And um, you have Mukuro, like, descending from the ceiling like a ninja pulling down the, like, sheet um, to, like, uh, start the presentation. Um, I thought yeah, that was, rocks. that's like a, just a funny, like little moment, but could you imagine this idea of like, you know, Junko's super analysis brain? It's like, yeah, I've analyzed your techniques and stuff like that. Here's what I've done. And like created that like AI robot that like, it, that twists like that sort of thing. And go and then meteorize like, you can't do this. This is fucked up. You shouldn't do this sort of thing. And Junko says, I already did dummy i already get yeah yeah like the idea of like because like Mitarai wasn't using his talent yeah ultimately. he was he wasn't using like animation to craft a narrative she he was using like essentially shortcuts to emotionally manipulate his viewers right and then when that when if you lay that if you instead had maybe had junko lay that bear to him and have that be the impetus for his for him descending into despair because she is good at that sort of stuff. It would be infinitely more compelling than what they actually did. Yeah, like she basically says, like Mitarai, you're just remaking the Dog of Flanders. All right, you're just remaking this like shit that's been remade like a billion million times. I just expedited the process. Mm-hmm. Like that would be something. Yeah. And then you have Mitarai like. And then you have Mitarai working even harder to, like, try and make Chucky this stuff. Chucky hates it. Hates the idea. <laughs> Chucky hates it. Hates my ideas. Chucky. He hates... Chucky is so mean. Chucky is mean <laughs> to my ideas. I don't, I don't know. Um, Chucky loves despair. Or, or, ooh, the AI robot thing is just that at some point you have a scene... I know we're in total rewrite mode, but we'll get out of it in a second, I swear. Uh, she just, like, puts, like, a thing on, like, Mitarai's computer, and it's just like, oh, I've already analyzed all your shit. Like, I downloaded... She already installed stuff on his computer and fucked with his computer. Like, just like, oh, I have this background program running the entire time. I've analyzed your techniques. I've analyzed everything. Um, a time. Did you know you're replaceable and your talent doesn't actually matter? Die. Yeah. And then at that point... And then at that point, he'd be, like, you know, actually becoming, you know, part of the ultimate despair. You know? Yeah. I, like, and I don't think you could, you need to have his stuff be, like, brainwashing. You could just have him make, like, propaganda videos. And, like, there you go. That's brainwashing enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and she doesn't even th- need to actually make him irrelevant. You know, like, she, because, like, again, we established Junko is a good liar. She is good at manipulating people. She could just, she doesn't need to act, like, you could even have a scene after where, like, Mukuro goes, like, wow, it's really, it was really cool that you made a uh, software to, like, you know, recapture what he did. And you're, and she's just like, no, I, I made it up. I lied. I told a lie to him for fun. It was funny. It was fun and funny. Like, 
like and it was great and he's so fucking owned right now he's he is shitting his britches yeah he's like he's like coping and seething right about now (laughs) he is malding he is going bald as we speak I'm gonna I'm gonna he, use this. You remember I, that scene in Hunter Hunter where like that one guy Nav uh feels Pito's aura and is like fuck no, I'm out of here, and then he goes bald and like loses twenty pounds. That's what's happening to Ryota this very instant. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't even see any aura. He just he just he he touched his computer and he had the whole Elon Musk experience. <laughs> uh. I guess the one last thing I would say about this episode is that I kind of like like the deployment of like Degarapa's aesthetic uh for you know like when when Junko is sending the mass email to like the reserve corps or the reserve course sorry uh the reserve course about like hey this school's been doing some super fucked things right like and then it's depicted as the putting it all together thing I don't know. It feels like a miss, but I still like kind of liked it in the moment. Yeah, Danganronpa has good ideas. It just doesn't execute on everything as well as it should. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It makes it makes really simple mistakes in its like overall narrative structure, but fundamentally, like there is a reason that people saw something in this series back in like 2010, 2012, You know. Yeah. Like, there is definite meat on these bones. It's just Some, a little stringy. Yeah, and sometimes the, like, the parts that, like, Dangarapa as a series that Kodaka and, like, others, uh, like, focus on just isn't as, like, hearty, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And, uh, meanwhile, the next episode we have Who Killed Cock Robin? I just want to say right out the gate... Jackie, you continue to have an incredible ability to predict exactly what the fuck is happening episodes before it happens with uh, the whole sweets thing. God, yeah, no, it just kind of made sense that there was like brainwash fucky wucky stuff going on. I, again, I think brainwashing and mind control are just bad writing devices. It requires, like, (laughs) I, here's the thing. I've seen it done well in a thing I watched earlier this year, but follow me on this one. Like, please, what I'm about to say is the second My Little Pony movie. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. All right, Kiri, off the podcast. They got to execute you now. But, okay, but the thing is, in that movie, in the movie we covered earlier this year, they do have a mind control plot. Here's the thing, though. They show, like, the characters already kind of having issues that are only exasperated by the mind control stuff. Oh, yeah, that's like a classic writing thing. Sure, because the problem is when you do, like, mind control as a narrative device, sometimes you are basically giving your characters an easy out. And yeah, you're giving them an easy reason to act out of character, like. If it exacerbates an existing issue, it's not really much different from somebody just convincing them normally. Right. It just is, like, it's slightly more convenient as to why, like, characters can do it on a mass scale or something. But, like, mind control as, like, a, I, I generally don't like mind control as, like, a narrative device, though. Like, at the yeah, end of the it's, day. It's cheap. Uh-huh. It's, at the end of the day, mind control is a cheap 
it's a cheap tacky way to be to like throw conflict where there isn't where there isn't any yeah now like things like you know emotion manipulation that's like that that has some like meat on its bones yeah the Basically, yeah. the thing with her sweets in this is basically the exact same thing as Turkish Delight in the Chronicles of Narnia, except uh, in this case, it just works way fucking faster. <laughs> well, the thing with the Chronicles of Narnia is that, like, that is about kids in, like, during the part, like, living through, like, a famine, mm-hmm. like, caused by the by the war at the time. So, like, the so Turkish Delight... um he, it's like, not like the kid. It's sell- not the best sweet. Like the the kid would sell would was has already been like belittled by the ones that he like. I think his Edward is his name. He's already been belittled and by the people by the other kids that he betrays. Uh, the Turkish delight is just kind of like a here's here's here is a resource that here's a luxury in a time that you've already been like stripped of resources. And all you have to do is betray these people who you already have resentment towards. So it's it's less you it's, know it's, it's just, less insane. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's equally it, it makes it even more limp in here, where it only works for about a minute before he goes. Now nah, I'm too powerful for that shit, and just breaks the spell immediately <laughs> on his own. Well, Sakakura is Sakakura is uh, Chad, so yeah, that's why. He he's immune to most forms of. He's just too stupid to be manipulated. It is pretty funny enough, when he, he doesn't have enough going on in there. Yeah, it is pretty funny when he is in that mode and he's just answering all questions by going. Eh. <laughs> Love this guy. Like, um, that that was like one of those things where it it's sort of like I don't know entirely how I feel. Like I did like you know. I just liked it if, you know, the blacksmith and the confectioner were just, like, codependent on each other. You could have done the same thing. Um, yeah. And... Unfortunately, right from the onset, that wasn't the case. Right. And it's like, you could have just made them codependent and then just make, like, I'm the ultimate confectioner. Or I, I like, hey, I hung out with the ultimate pharmacist long enough. I knew how to, like, use this sort of thing. Just be, like, it really sound like... The brain control thing is like a thing that she does one time again and tries to do it against Sakakura, and it doesn't work. But even then, it's it's weird. You like, don't even need to have brain control. Like you don't even need to have mind control in the plot. Is the thing. Like this is another case like, of like like Sakakura. You can just have the fu- character be yeah. He already fucking Sakakura's already. He's already kind of a dumbass. He he's already easily easy to manipulate. He just kind of he like. He kind of just already wants the main cast dead, so, like, all you need to do is have, what's her name, the confectioner, be like, hey, you know, Kyoko, here's a really- Kyoko's in ultimate despair. Like, just convince yeah. him. Which he is already prone to believe. He thinks Makoto is in ultimate despair. Just, like, have her put forward an argument that says, yeah, no, Make Kyoko- her compelling. Yeah, make it, yeah, just like, yeah, no, Kyoko- why do you think she helps out Makoto so much, right? Use yeah, that bit of yeah. Use that bit of characterization because Kyoko goes out of her way to help Makoto all the time. Yeah, yeah. this is known. <laughs> Meanwhile, this is the episode where Mister F- Mister Fedora maybe gets his most char- most characterization yet, just because he like it has control over the scene to a degree where 
he he points out most of the traps, but leaves like one undetected so that uh, when the time comes and if shit goes down, he can just like goad someone into stepping right in it. Kizakura is, I feel like we didn't see him do anything. Like he kind of just like, he really only existed this specific episode. Yeah. Which to is be kind it. of funny because it's, it's like. What a nothing dude. But also, like, I kind of liked his design. It was really funny that it start- that the episode started with a flashback. And I gotta ask, is it gay if the timelines touch? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it's quite something about, like, his, uh, like, his conversation with, um, Kyoko's dad. Um, but I do like that character. I mean, again, mostly good feelings, like, from the voice actor who voices him in Japanese. Um, he's the, he's the voice actor who unfortunately died recently, who voiced Maze Hughes. Um, g- incredible type of guy. Like, um, I do, like, I enjoyed that he got to be, like, kind of a cool guy for a while, but then, you know, they just, the moment he started being kind of a cool guy, then it's like, well, we need to, need him to die now. He's too competent. We gotta write him out of the story. Same shit that they did in Death Note with, um... God, what's her name? The I know, I know who you're the, talking about. Yeah, yeah, the one, the one who I got really upset when they wrote when the when Light owned her. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's which again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I I cut you off there. That that said, like this episode does like a pretty cool thing where I think it's a it's a it's a fun thing that like this series has done in specific. Where, you know, everybody's, like, revealing their NG codes, like, left and right. Um, but that, the reveal that his NG code is that he can't, like, unball his left fist is, like, kind of neat. Because, like, it suddenly makes, like, it, because it, you know, is one of those things that you can observe for yourself. And you go back into those older episodes. Because I knew his, obviously knew his NG code already. But, like, in every scene he's in, he always has his left hand in his pocket and it's like, you think it's like, oh, this is just a cool guy thing to do. And it's like, oh, no, wait a minute. This is so that he could follow the rules of the code for longer. Yeah, without revealing it to anyone. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I I thought he was a pretty interesting guy. I, I thought that there was a lot of stuff that, like, made him pretty interesting. That we, It's a shame that he never really got into the forefront until they literally decided to kill him off. Um, I... I liked how in the, how in the, I like that, like, I liked a lot of things this episode, actually. I think, I think overall, Future 8, really pulling up from, like, Future 7. Yeah. It's also nice to see Kyoko do some goddamn detective work, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that hidden door sequence ripped. Yeah, the hidden door sequence and just, like, her making these observations and, like, putting it together and figuring it out. It's, like, it is, like... (laughs) Maybe it's just cool when the cool detective, you know, puts it all together. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that's what we co- that's what we come to Danganronpa for, at least in part, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it was just nice to see that back again. Also, we really, I really need to like uh, to take a moment to really appreciate uh, punished Maku- punished Munakata has a fucking heat hawk katana. Yeah, <laughs> this katana turns into a fucking heat hawk yes. Gundam style. Like, yeah. holy shit, Opa Gundam style. <laughs> Opa Gundam style. Yeah, where yeah, he is a fucking heat hawk like katana because like, 
in his punished mode. Like that would be his install for like a fucking like Danganronpa fighting game. Yeah, he he basically See, is the the singular fighting game character in all of this. Like, well, I don't know. God, he is he is this shows he's the show's Kaikisuke, except he sucks. <laughs> he's Devil Jin. God, what if? What if there was the what if the anti, what if the secondary protagonist of fighting game series just sucked the most ass possible? That's Munakata. That's Jin. Yeah. That's like not Jin. That's like that guy from like fucking a uh, Blaze Blue, right? I get. Yeah, no, I think his name is also Jin. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like Jin from um, Blaze Blue. I don't know. Blaze yeah, Blue fans. Jin, yeah. Blaze Blue fan. Blaze, Blaze, yeah. Blaze Blue <laughs> fans just play a real fighting game like Guilty Gear. <laughs> Blaze Blue. Your series fine. only Blaze. Like yeah, like I don't. I don't actually have any enmity for to, to blaze blue to do that i don't have any enmity for blaze blue fans i just think it's really funny that the series that blaze blue only exists because like ishiwatari was busy doing other things yeah and then he and then he really like, then they release exard and it's like and it's like all right bye okay <laughs> don't bye. Need we're, you guys anymore we're gonna make the best like we're gonna make exard one of the best fighting games to happen in the past like decade you know couple decades then rev 2 comes out <laughs> yeah it's so, just like yeah like Fucking, I'm done playing with you. I'm done playing with these toys. <laughs> Let's go back to the like good stuff. I'm so happy Rev 2's getting rollback net code. Oh, it's so good. I can't I... wait to stomp you. Oh man, I um, can't wait to have Suzeron back. I I'm the I'm a biking main. Well, I was a biking main. I think I, I'm playing more Bridget than biking in Strive. Um, yeah, I I switched and... to Testament in uh in Strive. Like, I'll be honest, character. like, everybody plays different now, and I think that's totally fine. Like, I think Strive, Strive is just a different game from Rev 2 now. Yeah, which is not bad. I, bring back yeah, IKs, like it doesn't though. Feel, yeah, it doesn't feel pared down. Yeah, bring back IKs. It is insane to me that, like, one of the most iconic things in Guilty Gear is just, like, gone. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. Even if it's just, like, only usable, like, if you both took a round off each other. Like you don't even need to change it that much, but like I think Rev 2's IKs were like pretty good, but you know, Rev 2's IKs were in a really good place. I'm gonna be honest. Like there yeah. was there was not much of a reason to like like I feel like the thing is is with those kind of like attacks, there's not much of a reason to there's either not much of a reason to use them or not much of a reason not to use them. Yeah, and I think the IKs in Rev 2 very solidly fit inside the middle of those. Like they were situational, but like. If you got an instant kill off, it did the job. Yep. Sorry, you know, Jen. And it we, was easy we, enough we to ended land. Up, we ended up in a fucking fighting game cul-de-sac. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I was just going to point out that this is the episode where Biakia actually does something and it fucks everything over. <laughs> well, yeah. again, Biakia haters stay winning. Like, we are right. Objectively correct that Biakia is the worst dude in the show. Worst dude in this series. If he got hit by a car... Nobody would mourn. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be at the funeral just so I could walk up to the grave and Fortnite dance on it. <laughs> but yeah, he basically clears the rubble from the front of the building, and uh, everyone kind of rushes in, accidentally triggering bombs that end up. Uh, seemingly, it's starting to sink how, the whole thing. How is that not your first suspicion? Right, like if they have taken over this building, uh, he does. Excuse me. They do establish, though, that I, I think it was established in the previous um, future episode that, like, actually there isn't any outgoing broadcast 
Um, and that's like the purpose of the message to Makoto is that this is specifically a fuck Makoto scenario um, that's being devised. Oh, man. At this point. Because... The marry and kill Makoto scenarios are going to be insane. <laughs> 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 yeah this, so in this fuck makoto scenario like we're 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 dealing like he he it's kind of like a blink and you'll miss it like sort of line where he confirms like yeah there's no outgoing broadcast there's like this is all internal but also how do you not how is it they don't send in the bomb squad first to like Siakia hears a demo man outside spawn and just like I'm gonna get him I'm gonna run out and melee that guy let's go <laughs> like he is smart enough to tell Hagakure you stay right the fuck there <laughs> but uh Hagakure. he just doesn't like Hagakure it's not a smart thing it's just like I need that guy to stay there so that he doesn't so he doesn't fuck with my master plan of run at the enemy and hit them with my sword yeah. <laughs> gotta I'm gonna I'm gonna play the sniper and use Jirati they're just gonna do that all day. Girati exclusively. Yep. Taste piss, fucker. Let's go. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sorry. I am a melee only sniper. I only use the Kukri. If you ask me to do anything else, uh, we're, we're I'm gonna, gonna scream. You don't you get, get my sub. Bianchi, <laughs> it's a free game, Jackass. DF2 went free to play years ago. It came free. Well, you know, it, it, it came free with your with Steam Xbox. account. <laughs> came free with my Steam account. Uh, yeah, so therefore you especially do not pay my sub. <sighs> but yeah. You don't buy me hats. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pay for my hats. Yeah. Kohichi had an okay hat. Again, cool guy. Uh I did like I really did like that scene. Like it's I, I don't even have to say it's corny as all get it's out. Good. Like it's, it's cor- good. I mean, yeah, all it's of great. is corny. All it is just good that you find out his NG code is, you know you know, opening his left hand, and he uses it to save Kirigiri. And he's yeah. just, like, he just does the cool guy l- lamentation of just, like, can't keep my promise, but, or at least, or he's, like, I can't fully keep my promise, as he apologizes to, like, Jin, as he falls, you know, to his death. <sighs> Kisakura, why... Sweetie, stop being such a wiggle worm. <laughs> Up you go. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a birdie. I know. Come on, guys, you want the picture <laughs> or not? Stay still. Perfect. Huh. What do you know? I was a man of my word. Jen. What is it with guys named Jin and being just fucking atrocious? I don't know. Being is it Jin? Dudes. Is it Jin? Is this Kyoko's dad? Yeah, Jin Kirigiri. Yeah. yeah. He sucks. He sucks. Don't Why'd know, he like... send his daughter to death school? This is the death school that kills you. Alright, I'm gonna be the principal and I'm gonna send my daughter here because it's fun. Let's go. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Hold on, uh, you're right. Like Jin would have known. Did he? He knew about the Kamakura project for years. He, oh my god, he absolutely like. There's no way. He, no way. It's he his doesn't. school, dude. It is his school. He has to know. He signed off on something. Like he signed. Because like, like, 
He's okay, because like order. if he didn't, if he didn't know, who are all these weirdo asshole scientists walking in and out of his property that he doesn't know? Like, you're the supervisor. That's your job. You know those guys. You have to let them on there specifically. Yeah, like, this this series does not want to put Jin Kirigiri on the hook, but it's like, brother, you could like. He is the- yeah. He is not unimpeachable. He is the most impeachable man. Like, yeah, no, cool. You sent your daughter to, like, the fucking murder school. Like, brother, you knew this project was happening. And maybe this is one of those problems that happens, like, when you are, like, attempting backfill. Or just, like, Danganronpa 1 was clearly not, like, planned to have a sequel. And then, like, it blew up. And they were like, well, we need to do a second thing. And they wrote this, like, kind of... You know, that's Kadaka's trick right there. Except it's not a trick. It was just, oh, I didn't account for this at all. And now Jin either A, looks like a complete asshole, or B, completely oblivious. Which, to be clear, either of those is fine. But the series doesn't exactly decide if Jin Kirigiri is, like, a monster or just a guy who didn't know what the fuck was up. Uh Uh-huh. I mean... The old headmaster, you know, like, I mean, the old headmaster has been shown as, like, no, this guy's a dirtbag, like, who, like, pushed Hinata into the, like, no, it's like, hey, you want to be part of the cool guy school? Yeah, do this fucked up thing. (laughs) But Jin is, like, (laughs) yeah. If you're so badass, why don't you fuck your life up permanently with this surgery to turn you into a cool guy? (laughs) What <laughs> get cool he guy got the, surgery? He got the he got the virgin to Chad uh, reassignment surgery. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> V to C surgery. Speaking of, we do have that despair episode where like you finally get um Hinata and uh why am I blanking on her name? Chiaki. Hinata and Chiaki end up uh reuniting of sorts. Like, uh, yeah, as things go down pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. So- yeah. Yeah. Like, so you have, um, the despair, uh, despair arc side of like the worst reunion is like the name of the, this is the episode title where, yeah, Chiaki is seeing Hinata in the Kamakura form and is just like, because in the previous episode, she was just like, you know, I hope Hinata is safe. And then the moment she sees Kamakura in that basement, basically, is like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, it's shooting one of her oh, classmates, worst- even. Yeah, the worst case scenario. It, It is, like, it does take a bit of punch out of that scene, though, when they turn it into, like, the ultimate meet-cute for Kamakura and Komaeda, where... <laughs> <laughs> they have the scene where like Komaeda tries fu- <laughs> Yeah, he tries ass. he tries firing the gun and it doesn't work and Kamakura just goes slow motion around him as like the background turns all pink and pastelly as Komaeda is watching this happen and <laughs> it's very much like even the way he reacts after he survives the shot it's like okay those two just connected. <laughs> I now need to get a bunch of money to send to Brian, uh, not Brian Peacock, uh, uh, Bryce Pappenbrook for his cameo to have him say in the Kobayeta voice the moment I saw um, Izura Kamakura, I came. 
I so the thing is, it would have been really funny if in that scene, Komeeda actually did just shoot Junko. Junko, rather. Why did I say Junko? If the junkers, well, I mean, they call her junkers because she belongs in the trash. But like, it would have been real funny <laughs> if Komeeda did actually successfully just blast her. And I don't like partially because like they could do like a time paradox thing, but also it'd be funny if they blasted her and she just and it just kept going. Like, I mean, you can like, have her. You can have him. You can have him shoot her and not be fatal. Like, it yeah, could you can just... do that, or you can have it be fatal and just continue on regardless. Like, it's Danganronpa. The rules are made up. The points don't matter. Like, turns out it was the ultimate body. Another ultimate body double. <laughs> oh my god. God. You are the second most ultimate body double. I'm the real one. <laughs> or, yeah, but, like, having... Although, I think you proposed an idea for a scene where, like, you know, the the gun jams, which is, like, the gun jams on Komaeda, and then um, uh, Kamakura grabs the gun. It would be kind of cool if it jammed as well. So, they just keep taking the gun back and forth from each other, and it keeps jamming. Like, like, fucking, yeah. like, a, like a fight scene from Equilibrium or whatever. Yeah. No, but yeah, like, the gun jamming for Kamakura as well would also be really good, because I, I, I don't like that Kamakura is just better than everyone, because he is supposed to be, like, kind of just, like, he is supposed to be a single guy with everybody's abilities, but, like, it's not really, if he's just better than, oh my god, I dropped my phone, um, it would be, it would just be better if, like, he's supposed to be a character that has everybody's abilities, right? Yes, he is be... supposed to be the, he is... He is supposed to be the amalgamation of, like, Hope's Peak's decades of research into talent, is that we have found a way to surgically, like, like enhance people's, like, talent. Like, talent is now, like, a physical or a quantifiable thing in this world, and we put it all into this emotionally unstable teenager <laughs> as the <laughs> scientists are yeah. high-fiving each other. They did surgery on and a like... grape, and the grape is Sonata's brain. <laughs> Yeah, they did surgery on a grape, and the grape wants to kill all of humanity now. Basically. the So, like, the way that Kamakura basically resolves in Danganronpa 2, right, is that, like, he is overcome by Hinata's bonds to his fellow students, right? Right. Yeah. So, like, he overcome Kamakura... Oh, sorry. I'm just saying, like, the ending of 2 is uh, uh, Hajime not giving into nihilism and recognizing his bond with his friends is the thing that gives him strength. Yeah, so having Kamakura just be better than, um, like, having it not, like, so I think the gun not jamming is not, like, I'm not saying it's a big symbolic thing, but I think it is, it would have been better if it also jammed against, when used against Komaeda, because, like, Kamakura himself is not really as powerful as we are led to believe. You know, like, if everybody worked together, they would just be better than him. Like, they would be able to beat him. Yeah. It's you... his, it, like, his weakness is his enforced isolation because he believes himself to be, because he is talented, better than everyone else. Man, and that's, that's, an, that's like a tried and true, that's like a tried and true moral, so to speak. Where's mm -hmm. the, like, where is the scene, like... And the, now I'm just realizing this is a total missed opportunity. There is, like, where is the sequence in which, like, Kamakura is out in the open, 
right? And it is all the, is the ultimates from like you know the Danganronpa two class find a way to not completely overpower him or something, but through their bonds and friendship or whatever, find a way to make him like be on the back foot for the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have time for that because they're too busy inserting a, like a five minute scene where Mikan is just being horny as fuck. Yeah, dreadful fucking shit. I am I am so fucking tired of like how this show treats like Mikan. Yeah. Mik- Mikan not just Mikan, but like there was a there was like weird leery shit like that the camera did with Junko. Like I am I am really like am, like come on Danganronpa. I'm like don't waste my fucking time, you know? Like yeah. I I don't like I don't care about this sort of stuff. Like I don't really like there is no like like a lot of times fan service to me is just like okay cool and I just look at my watch and I'm like okay you done yet you know it's and but, this is extremely just a case of that but it went on for so fucking long yeah like come at, on at least like at least like when in in like Danganronpa two when it's like i don't know mikan has like tripped over in the turkey baster looks like a dick and balls or whatever you can thumb past that that takes like 30 seconds or something but like here it's like the protractedness of it and i like i i'm with you jackie yes. like this sort of like thing just kind of washes over me but at a certain point it's like guys stop fucking wasting my time because the thing that i like about danganronpa are these characters interacting with each other and you know yeah where's the scene of them trying to overcome like against kamakura like be the first part of fighting back against kamakura's ideology yeah like i don't fucking watch dangarapa because i want to i want to jack off to mikan like nobody like i'm sure there are people who do i'm sure there are people i'm sure that some like weirdo people who don't get off to normal things are watching like television anime and going hmm this is a cool fan service theme. The- this is a cool fan service scene. I think I'll beat my meat. But like for the most part, nobody's <laughs> watching that f- for that. Like it's not a funny joke. It's not like actually. It's not. A- it fails as eroticism. Like get that shit off the screen, pal. Yeah, I don't and we don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, like it's this scene where they also finally have Mitsurai figure out what's happening and. He's doing nothing for that whole scene except for like clicking on the video, going "oh, oh no," and then for the next five minutes he's going "oh, oh no" as become cross all over him. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just really like it is. It is a. It is the act. Like I, the voice actors are doing the best job they can. I'm sure the animate the directors just fucked up there. They just gave him bad material to work with. Right. Yoda is sitting there just going, oh no, oh, the entire time, because there is no direction for, he doesn't do anything in that scene. He is just there. And it's right. like, you could cut this whole sequence. You could make it implicit. Like, you don't need this. And then you right. could just go right to, like, a com- you could have them, you could have the confrontation between, like, what uh, if, uh, what if, oh my god, Komaeda and, uh, what's his name, uh, Kamakura, Kamakura outside yeah. of the bunker. Yeah, have the if you pull the conflict out outside of it, because like Kamakura is a known entity at this point, because like Junko has shared that video, you know, have yeah. like and and maybe you also allow the characters to do like more things. Like you have 
Pekko, like, try to, like, swing her, like, sword at him, and he just, like, you know, takes up, picks up a stick and reposts or whatever. Or, you know, you have the characters try to, like, yo, what Fucking the- Fucking Starry style, catches it with his fingers and shatters the blade. Yeah! Mm-hmm. Um, that would also- be- That'd Actually, speaking crazy. of sword fights, yeah. it would go crazy. It would go hard. Uh, speaking of sword fights, I will say Mukuro versus Peko, I would have liked a, an extended scene with them fighting because that was mm-hmm. that was sick as fuck. Yeah, it was I, sick as hell. I love the I love the. You never see you never see Corpse Warblade being cool. We never see her being cool. I do love that line of like you know like they they just read each other's killing intent and it just go like you know you have Peko kind of say oh. You've killed people before, and like Mukuro going like, "Yeah, so have you," you know, just like I, yeah, I, I, it's very anime, it's very like goofy wacky, but it's at the same time, it's still very like, it's a salient, it's it's a good scene, like it it is, it it feel it 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 feels like it's from an action anime, it feels like it's from an actual action show, right? And you could have like, I don't know, you have like, again, there's like. While combat is not, like, a central thing of Danganronpa, there's plenty of characters in 2 alone that would probably love to attempt to, like, you know, trade hands with, like, you know, Kamakura, right? And then, again, you just show them overpower- like, he just overpowers everyone individually, but they find a way to, like, maybe get him on the back foot or whatever, and then he retreats. Mm -hmm. Like, something. It also is like a scene. It's also like a sequence of events that, if they played more into it, they kind of show how Komaeda is actually good at, like, coming up with strategies to get what he wants. Because like he's the one who more or less tells Pekka to be like, "Okay, just come over here. Something is gonna happen." And meanwhile, he's just carrying a gun all this time and planning on using it <laughs> on um. He's planning on using it as soon as he sees his target. He's just not telling Chiaki that because he knows as soon as Chiaki finds out, wait, you have a fucking gun? Then it'll what just is- all go to shit. And that scene would be also like, you know, maybe Komaeda is trying to do the graceful thing to like, you know, take him, like take whoever is going on. Like he, he probably knows, like he knows about Kamakura project at this point. Like I assume. Or... Well, I don't know. You just you just have that fucked moment where he's about to shoot, you know, Kamakura, and Chiaki sees, oh, he's about to shoot Hinata. Like, a lot of, like, really explosive, like, emotional sequences can happen with the setup, and they only use two or three of them, which is a shame. Yeah, it would have been great if, like, Chiaki, like, wrestled with the gun. Oh, like, she wrestles the gun away yeah. as, like... And, like, Kamakura is thinking about, like, oh, this is, like, his luck or something. Or, I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But not even yeah, that. Like, just, like, have that moment. Let Chiaki just, like, have a more emotional reaction. Let Chiaki do things. Yeah, let Chiaki do things. Let her have a more emotional reaction to seeing who someone who is ostensibly, like, her best friend be in this fucked up state. Right? Yeah. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but... They really do Chiaki dirty in the show, and it gets even worse as it goes on. Oh, I'm excited! I love bad. Te- I love bad television. <laughs> I love bad anime Danganronpa. Bad anime Danganronpa. Yeah, like it's it's it is one of the frustrating things, and it is one of those like 
problems that they're running into where you know they can't necessarily commit to two seasons of one side or the other and they well it's maybe less of a time thing and more of like you said a direction thing like the directors have kind of directors and the writers have kind of fucked up here to like not take advantage of the natural like conclusions that the story that they've already been telling leads them to yeah it's one of those cases like we'll see as we go on but there is a very specific reason they like chose to structure it in terms of like going from present to past present to past and like many other entries in Danganronpa it feels like hinging it on this one specific mechanic uh, means that certain parts just kind of fall by the wayside when they should be more important it's extremely gimmicky. Yeah, I, that... I, I like. I was talking with Tara about it when I was watching um these the like episodes, uh, because I was streaming on the server and she was and she was like, "Wow, that sounds hellish to watch." And I was like, "Yeah, like it's not like this isn't bad per se. Like I get the gimmick and I can like kind of appreciate it, but this is not two seasons of content, you know." Yeah, like, I feel like I feel like this show would just be better if it if it had tighter like Danganronpa as a whole has struggles with its pacing, but I think um this these the anime Danganronpa three would be a lot more like a lot more watchable, um a lot more fun if it just like gave up the gimmick and was like okay here's one like. Maybe one even if could, it was just like you could one do. continuous season, one contiguous thing, maybe like a core and a half's worth, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think this is twenty four episodes of content. I don't. There's another anime series that we have to watch after this, which I am reasonably sure could also just be like the tail end of a two of a two core show. Like they could just do two cores and have it be like one conventional thing. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, like committing to the gimmick here was not a good, was not a good decision craft wise. Mm. I mean, and also if you want to say like you can even keep like the dueling like OP and ED like structure in, in such a way where it's like okay, you know, have this one OP play to represent that we're gonna focus more on like the the past storyline and you know, use this one to emphasize, okay, we're going to focus more on this, but, like, mingling the two a little bit more naturally would be help. Would help. Yeah. It would be great. It would be really cool, because can you imagine if, like, you you watched the first episode of the season, it had its own OP, and then the ending theme was the OP of the, of the, of the second episode, and then, like... Then you're like, oh, what the hell just, is going on? And, and then, then that had like, its own ending theme, and then episode three had its own ending theme, like... That would be juicy. Part- That'd be all right, yeah, because, like, you can then really play with, like, the juxtaposition of, like, I don't know, it would be kind of cool to, like, have a sequence in which you have Munakata, you know, talking about these big ambitions that he has or whatever and smash cut to, like, punish Munakata, right? Like, or, like, yeah, or just, yeah, like, I feel like the thing is, is that, like, if you had theoretically more planning time, right, to mm-hmm. go in and like if you wanted to make the gimmick work where you had these two dueling shows effectively um it would take a lot more work 
it's doable, but like maybe not with the budget that Danganronpa three has. That's the that's the big problem. Yeah, that's the problem is that they don't have like you don't have the the means to like make this big project happen, and shooting for that makes the work as a whole less coherent, less enjoyable. Like I mm-hmm. I like it when a work tries to punch above its own weight, but like here is like. They they really didn't need a little bit more. Jen, did you have something you wanted to say? Um, I you're pretty much touching on all the things I would have touched on, and like, I don't know. It, it's one of those situations where the show was already losing me at this point, and like, from here to the end, it's mostly just going to be me being like, "Well, this fucking sucks." I I think the show still has like some moments up its sleeve that I really appreciate. I'm not just talking about. Like, you know, the, like, bit at the end. I'm talking about, like, there are other moments of substance. I think, though, the the storyline of, like, the pre-Danganronpa 1 stuff, like, the despair arc at this point, like, is kind of running out of gas and quick, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but I still think there's some, like, really cool stuff going on in the future side. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously still more in the tank here. I just don't like how, like, you know, I don't think that the execution and everything is up to, like, is up to par with what they're trying to do, you know? Yeah. And that's a shame. Also kind of a shame, It like, if we had more time in this, like, stuff in the past or something, like, I don't know, getting, like... Like they're they're eventually gonna start showing off like like hints of like characters from Danganronpa one, just sh- that will show up, but they're almost all ca- like cameos, like which sucks because it's like what like I don't know that like there's stuff to be said about like the one cast interacting with the two cast a little bit more. Yeah, if they got everybody together and they did things proper, uh, not properly, but like. They got everybody together and they, like, gave equal attention. And they gave, like, you know, attention to detail there. And they tried to work everything together naturally. But at the same time, I feel like like it would work. At the same time, I feel like getting everyone together is going to be a fan service thing. Sure. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe that's kind of, like, it's a little untenable. But I don't know. Maybe have one or two characters from one like, I mean, Junko, like, the moment Junko shows up, she, like, takes over, like, a lot of the plot, um, which makes sense. She is the central antagonist, but, like, I don't know, like, having, like, the characters, like, you know, having the characters from one interacting potentially with, like, the characters from two was is, like, a cool idea. Yeah. I It just, it takes a lot of fidelity to make. So far, what do you think of that whole love triangle situation happening in the past between uh, Munakata, Ikizome, and... Uh... Sakakura? Sakakura, yeah. Sakakura. Yeah. It does nothing for me. Like, okay. I'm be honest. I, like... I think the future side fucked it up a little bit by being like, oh yeah, you know, Sakakura dies, and Munakata goes... Zon- goes bonkers over it and sakakura of course is like loyal to him and you know trying to i think that's cool that's compelling i don't think that showing us the background of that is all that compelling you know like like 
similar to other things that we've been saying, like this whole episode, a good magician doesn't really show you his trick. Like, he doesn't, like, like, a good, or, you know, a good horror movie doesn't, or a lot of, you know, doesn't show you the monster till the end, you know, till it can be, till it's a surmountable obstacle. I don't think it's a good, I I think it's good to keep, like, a lot of things implicit, and I think making everything, I think the problem with a lot of, like, writing that people do is they want to show all this they want to show you the guts they want to show you everything that's everything that they wrote you know they want to show you like why they want to tell you the whys and the hows and i don't think that that is necessarily compelling it's kind of like uh it's kind of like the problem of like not the inverse but like some of the problems of showing showing a little too much i was you know they say show don't tell which i think you know it's not a that was a cia op yeah, that was show don't tell. It is fucked up, but like show don't tell was an op. You know, uh, I think it was it was like American intelligence was through the education system trying to like demonstrate like achieve like a like a cultural victory over the Soviets. So the mm-hmm. idea of like show don't tell a good writer, you know, is is one who can describe a scene really well versus like a good writer can like you know is, is one who da 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 right. Something or other, because like they want to do a dig at Soviet literature so that you wouldn't read it, Um, right? And well, the thing is, like here, it's like they really are showing; they're showing too much, like yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, that is the absolute like they're doing Dark Souls lore explainer bullshit. Like right, it's like instead let it let it be a mystery. Yeah, what if there was just no mystery or fantasy or anything in in this in this writing what if you knew everything exactly how it went down what if you're omniscient isn't that great and it's like no it's not great i want i want wonder i yeah. want i want to like i want to have things that are like not make spelled me, out for me sure yeah make me think about like what's going on like make me make me want more yeah and i think danganronpa can do this effectively but other times it's like is is a million times more effective to just show the bloody room than yeah. telling me like than showing or, you like a 10 minute sequence where a bunch of kids kill each other in it yeah, yeah just tell me something fucked up happened here and then show me a little bit of like show me the aftermath <laughs> that scene fu- i'm gonna be honest that like i feel like they like if they wanted that to land that we should have at least known the characters you yeah know? That's the other like, big problem because I don't know like, any of these people. I have no attachment to it at all. Like I think it's conceptually funny that like uh, Mukuro is like singing, you know, Subata, uh, Subasa Wakudasai, um, and then just like she's singing like in universe as well as <laughs> Junko is like doing her plan and she's still holding the sheet music. Yeah, it also ends in like five to ten minutes or something when like. The whole thing, the whole reason the killing game works in Danganronpa one and two is like, oh, you don't g- have anywhere to be. We're gonna hold you for like weeks, months, years, the rest of your life if you don't do this and all that other stuff. Meanwhile, this is just like, okay, here's some motives on the table. Go nuts, and it happens. It's insane to me. It is just absolutely goofy to me that like the way they decided that this plays out is that like. They show the motives and immediately a girl's like, but my mommy and then starts killing people and starts trying to kill people. And it's like, this is could this you is bad writing? We had also characters introduced previously that were part of the reserve course. 
Like, I don't know. Like, even if they are characters that we know are going to die, like, show more, like, I mean, granted, this is the, like, the student council. Have the, have the, you know, have the Degenrapa 2 cast, like, bump up against the student council every now and again. Have an episode where it's just the student council just, you know. Hey, you know what would be good? Well, remember good. when Yukizomi was uh, sent to do the, to hang to like mentor the reserve the, course, the yeah, reserve course students. What if they were like, "Oh, we're gonna bump you away from your class because obviously you're too attached to them, but you're such a good teacher. We need you to like be doing. We need you somewhere of importance. Hang out with the student council for an episode, and yep. there you go." You have already solved the problem. Now you have a new cast that you can quickly characterize. You can have them, like, bounce off of Yukizomi. You could show us how miserable she is. You could show us how, like, you know... You could show us that these are people who are, like, fleshed out in their own regard, who had their own lives going on and, before she was before she came in. And then you can kill them. And this show has done it well previously. This exact show was able to characterize, like fucking Fuyuhiko's sister super well in a very short period of time. Like, yeah, she rocks. You, we know that the writing staff can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it's definitely within their ability to make compelling characters. Uh, and then they don't do it. They're like, what if we did shock value instead? And then they fail at doing shock value, so you're just left like, Well, what am I supposed right. to do with this? Yeah, like, you're, cool, you're man. You're left like, man, I wish I fast-forwarded this episode so I could go back to, like, playing Mountain Blade or something yeah armored core 6 on steam now please please yeah please. And well it's actually this... add it to your wish list you can't pre-order it or buy it just yet add it to your wish list and yeah. it's the it will be the best game ever made it's going to be better than elden ring this is also the episode where they kind of make the inversion with uh well actually the previous despair episode we just talked about is the one where they make the inversion they're doing with the red blood in future and the pink blood in despair like more apparent but it feels very choker mode to be like oh the normal danganronpa is gonna have the red blood and the most disturbing fucked up past is gonna have the pink blood it's a very danganronpa move <laughs> especially when and they i don't mean a... that as a compliment <laughs> i mean yeah i don't i i think they had an interesting idea with like the use of the pink blood like earlier in this series but they they ha they knew they had a visual motif on their hands. They didn't know what to do with the motif. Mm -hmm. They like to lay it on super thick, and they and still and yeah, as you said, they didn't know what to do. So it was just like, okay, here's here's Danganronpa. You know this. You know, eat up. Here's your slot, piggies. Eat up. <laughs> eat up. Yeah. Like, God, like more time. You with, want like, Danganronpa? Fuck you. Here's kids killing each other. Also, maybe make the killing game only happen between, like, I don't know, four or five people, so you don't have to, like, you know, experiment. That's how experiments, you know, go. You know, you start with, like, a small sample size and then extrapolate. Um, I do so need a large sample size, actually, for any sort of accuracy with experiments. Well, this is that Junko said, we're talking about. <laughs> that said, Junko should absolutely, yeah, like, that said, Junko absolutely would have been better off if she, if, if instead the story, instead if instead of it being, like, Here's a sequence of, like, you know, a dozen kids killing each other. If it was just like, okay, Junko instead takes, like, the two most prestigious people in the school, locks them in a room together and says, kill each other, and does that for, and, like, we have that going on stewing in the background for, like, 
three episodes. That would be infinitely more compelling. Mm-hmm. Junko like, having, three- like, literally just like, okay, you will be locked in here until there only one of you remains. And then maybe two or then, like, maybe it's just like two or three kids. And then we just spent like, an, then we just spent like an episode or two just following them and as they try and puzzle out of this problem and also it would make more sense that they don't all just rush Mukuro immediately because like when they spilled the weapons out there i feel like it i feel like the like the kids would just be like oh yeah okay i don't want to kill my friends there's literally two of you here what are you gonna do and that would just under and like if they made the, I don't want to say logical decision, but if they made the decision to just turn on their captors, that would, Junko's entire deci- idea here would just fall apart. Like, she but can't yeah. just have them, she has, the point is, she, they kill each other, you know? If they didn't do, like, if they didn't do that, there would be no point to it, so why didn't she have, like, armed guards or something more meaningfully threatening? Yeah, like, again, I, I think you just extract, like, just have three, three characters in that yeah, room. Yeah. And, and if it's you have three like, characters. Oh, sorry. Three characters is like very good to have these characters very much like alliances shift on like every other line. You know, like it's it's you could do a very condensed you can, thing. You can you can give them actual characterization instead of just being like here are the here are like archetypes that you could be vaguely familiar with. And here are dudes keep... who look like other dudes. This one vaguely looks like Great Gozu. Here's this, yeah. Here's well, here's this like Gozu kind of right? forever. Yeah, one of <laughs> Gozu kind of forever. Uh, yeah, you I have this character making the motion. I did Gozu do the motion. Jed can attest. I did do the. Yeah, you did do the motion. <laughs> Jed, come Gozu on. Gozu kind of forever. Yeah, Jen, Gozu kind of forever. <laughs> it's Gozu kind of right. forever. All right, but yeah, rough set of episodes. Uh, I think. He, um, I, I, it's rough, and you know we we normally wouldn't be in rewrite brain for so long, but if yeah, it's it's rough set of episodes. I still think there's still good stuff that have happened, but Jen, you're you're just out here being like, I was right, I was right. Yeah, I really don't like the way the show goes, and I, I feel like it's Kadaka at its at his meanest. Um, and I think it just gets incredibly boring when they just are like, "Okay, time to take the gloves off and just write the meanest shit you possibly can." And uh, it that's it's only gonna get worse from here. It's cringe. Jackie, did you have anything else you wanted to say regarding these, like the set of four episodes? Um, I got nothing to say. I got, I have, there's no denouement. I said, I said my piece. I said everything Mm -hmm. I'm happy with. Yeah. I, I, I like, I, 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 you know what? Actually, I do have something to say. Yeah. You could put yakety sacks over that entire ultimate, like awful murder sequence. And it would play out exactly the same in my, like emotionally to me. Yeah. That was goofy, (laughs) wacky, silly. It was very... It, it was, was it was great. very boy. I hope I don't get murdered horribly today. Gets murdered yeah. horribly to me. Like it's just it's extreme. Like it's, it's corn it is shit. bad to show. It's bad to hype up this like this and be like, oh yeah, it was real bad when the entire like student council murdered each other, and then make a show about how the student council murdered each other, and then like do one episode where it's just like, 
here's knives, murder each other, and then they just murder each other. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yep. Okay, great, thanks. Like, mm-hmm. like, w- like, there was no, like, the build-up to this was, like, it was telegraphed, but it wasn't, we- it wasn't telegraphed emotionally, right? Like, there was no tension or anything, so when they just did that, it was like, yeah. Alright, cool. Cool, man. I don't know any of these people, fuck them. <laughs> Kill them all, Peter. <laughs> in in a way actually now that i think about it um when we talk about when ryota talked about how like he uses like directing techniques to like emotionally manipulate the viewers uh without writing things without having to write something of substance um that entire sequence kind of is just that is meant to just do that like you have a character singing like an ironically innocent tune and you have like you know the pink blood, which is, as, you know, we talked about in previous episodes, was designed to be visually striking and shocking. And you mm-hmm. have, you know, these recognizable character archetypes that, like, the viewer potentially could attach to. And you have, like, okay, of course, like, the lovers who get interrupted, hor- whose mutual suicide goes, is horribly interrupted and, like, you know. Yeah. That's it's not all-, all really well written, but the way it's shot is meant to be emotionally manipulative, you know. And it's not you... like and it's not like the point of the scene. It's not like it's not like yeah. you know. It, Bad decision to not make that the point of the scene. No, that's exactly my point though. Like here, you you nailed it. Like that mm-hmm. is not the point. Like the point of the scene is not the artifice of it. It's that like oh this is fucked up and happening. When like if it was oh yeah this is the artifice of it like can you imagine if that scene was just like like what if they just kidnapped the student council and they made and like had Ryota animate them killing each other yeah instead yeah and we're like yes this is what this is what happened to them and then just like let them go you know mm-hmm. and just let things and like by that point everything's already spiraled out of control and like that would be a much more compelling like. It would be weird, but it would be more compelling than what we got. It'd be very Danganronpa. It'd be very Danganronpa. Very Danganronpa. Danganronpa the loves one... to be convoluted, and it's yeah. not convoluted enough. The one cute scene that came out of all of that is when Junko's leaking the information and it switches over to the let's put the killer together motion comics from Danganronpa 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah that was that was fire. That bang. That was fun. That was great. I love that, that she's was... still using I love that she's still using the ice pick to eat uh, Takoyaki. It's real good. That was good. that was fire. I yeah. again, like All I right. think the thing is, is that like a lot of the little thing. Oh my god, my chair is squeaking big time. I think the yeah. thing with Danganronpa as a whole is that a lot of the little things are absolute bangers. But like, good god, good, good god. god, man, some of the shit you have to wade through to get to them. You are you yeah. are out here panning for gold, and the river is freezing, and it is rainy and bitter out, and you are just the saddest most gnarled prospector <laughs> but you did find a nuggy you did find a little flake not quite a full nuggy but you you know there's a nugget in, in the future uh, there's the episode title not not quite a nugget no komaeda okay i think we gotta get out of here yep. <laughs> um uh speaking of panning for gold Jen, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, you can find me at JBU3 on Twitter. Uh, most of my stuff is on scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. And uh, I'm also on co-host as uh, Jen hyphen and hyphen Aster. Yeah, and you also do 
novel not new you just did wonder project j2 um was that was pretty good yep and this month's gonna be mohoyo sukai which i'm pretty excited for because it's been pretty fun so far yeah uh jackie what about you um i am you know i did not change my twitter at i am at chairman mao on twitter.com um I'm also on co-host, though I don't really use it. I don't expect co-host to be the Twitter killer. I, I don't even expect Elon Musk to be the Twitter killer. Um, but I am at your lizard friends, spelled exactly as you would expect it to be, on uh, the cohost.org. Um, I'm also on Twitch, although I haven't streamed lately. That is on me. I'm once listen, it light, starts listen. once work quiets down, I will stream again. It uh, is December. I, it's work is happening. You know? I work food service, and let me tell you, December is the busiest month. It's pretty busy in, like, the other 11 months, but, like, let me tell you, December, nobody wants to cook. Everybody wants to go out for shitty food. Um, And that means that, and also, everybody's getting sick, and also, everybody's on vacation. So I have, we are understaffed, I'm working 10-hour days, it's, it, I don't have time to stream. When I have time to stream, we will stream, and I'll it'll be good. Yep. Um... um. But I'm your lizard friend on Twitch. Uh, I promise I'll be back. I promise I'll be back. Um, Kiri, where can people yes. find you? They I mean, find... I know where to find you. I live in your walls, but like... <laughs> I've still been trying to get you out of the walls for months now. You'll never uh, catch me. I'm too good at scoobling. <laughs> I'm, um... On, 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 you know, the drill. I'm on Twitter. Kiri AA page. I'm co-host at Curie page it's, it's, i need to get the a removed at some point i don't know um that's neither here nor there um host like my stuff's there scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia i just want to shout out that we i'm still doing the embers of war campaign um for scanline tabletop which all the scanline tabletop stuff that we've been doing in the past that's like that's just on a free feed now you just could listen to it it's just there yeah yeah. Um maybe I should run well, a mage game for stand for a scan line. Mage might be fun. Ooh. You gotta finish it first though. Uh, we Cherry and I are very close. We uh, we did we drafted the book layout, so That's fun. Once we get a couple we once we get a couple things done, it is going to go it's it's going. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good yeah. time. But until we go there, until we'll 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 meet you again in the halls of despair for another episode of UDR, but until that time, I have been Kyrie. I've been Jennifer. I've been Jackie. Class dismissed. Oh my god, I'm... Class Get dismissed. Get the fuck Get out the of fuck here. Get the fuck out of here, you jabroni. What the fuck do you think you're doing still listening to a podcast? It's been... It's been an un- a variable amount of time since Kiri's gonna edit this down, but like, yeah, I'll it's it been out. some time. Why are you still listening? Get the fuck out of here. Go outside. Fuck outside. Go on. I don't care kid. what time it is. Touch some grass. If it's covered touch- by snow, touch some snow. <laughs> Kill some students. Whoa. Not fucking believable. I think New Yorker Junk Junko and Oshima would be would be pretty funny. Pushing us to break free
You can go home.